And when they look at me, they're like, oh, you have it easy. You have such a good husband that takes care of your kids. And then that's why you can work. And then you can work, but don't have to worry about finances because he works as well. Oh, you have it easy because you're so thin. It must be genetic. You have it easy because, and then the list goes on and on. Hey, I'm Julia Lopez, communication architect, international speaker, author of Leading in High Heels, and your host. Welcome to Brave, Bold, and Brilliant Podcast. Together with my guests, I will share with you inspiring stories where being brave and bold were the trigger to becoming brilliant. For the past decade, I've been helping professionals to express themselves with clarity and confidence in any stage and arena of their lives. Communication is key to success. And stories have the potential to transform lives and move people into action. There is someone, somewhere, who needs to hear exactly what you have to say. Be brave, bold, and brilliant, and speak up unapologetically. My guest today is a highly energetic woman. Not only that, she is also a high achiever. She is an international business trainer, coach, and speaker for corporate soft HR skills. Malva Gazowski is an international bestseller author also, and she is a parenting coach for and couples counselor working with parents and couples from all walks of life, implementing the positive parenting approach to build closeness in the family. Mava's passion is to make the world a better place through communication and creating a successful business while being a fulfilled parent and happy couple. Mava, it's such a pleasure to have you here with me. Thank and you. We just met basically about a couple of weeks ago when we both participated in this international uh, virtual summit with Pervitantia, which was awesome. And I really enjoyed it, our conversation when we were in this virtual panel talking about uh, the future of the online business, how we are serving our clients, how communication is important. We have that in common. But now the floor is yours. And I would love you to share with my community here why you think you are brave, bold, and brilliant. <laughs> Thank you, Tulia, very much for having me. It's a blessing to be able to actually have the possibility to meet online once again, because had it not been for online, this would have been difficult. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and hello. Why am I bold, brilliant, and beautiful? Well, I'm crazy, so that's where all the bold, brilliant, and beautiful comes into play. <laughs> when I say crazy, it means I love energy and activities and I love to be everywhere because I like to actually in my um, work experience have a lot of contact with people and then on the other side on the flip side when I'm off work I like being alone <laughs> so 
I've got this dual almost personality of where I'm extremely flamboyant when it comes to my personality, when I'm outside and when I'm working and give my customers my all. But when it's me time and downtime, just sitting in a chair, enjoying my cup of coffee is what exactly makes me um, calm and relax. And ha- having said that, a lot of people think I am brave and bold and outgoing and they compliment me very often on being action oriented or being extremely nice to people or being a ball of energy, or you're just like a ray of sunshine, wherever you come, you're so energetic and it's true, but that's just half of me because the other half is where, what my husband knows it's when I'm all done shining my rays outside, then I want to come home and I want to be just a quiet moon, which doesn't really need to produce any energy, just reflects from another person, which in this case is my family and my husband. So having the possibility to experience both outlets, um, to utilize my energy and my calmness is what makes life beautiful for me. Oh, that's awesome. You're definitely beautiful. Oh, and share with us something that comes to your mind that a challenge where you felt like that you had to take a brave action to overcome if something comes to your mind right now. You know what? My whole life has been a challenge. And the Mm. reason why is not that I'm saying I had a difficult life, a difficult childhood and a difficult upgrading. Absolutely not. But I looked for opportunities to excel. I looked for opportunities to get better. I hate being in a comfort zone. So every single time when I feel too comfortable, when this lazy chair syndrome is starting to creep up on me, I'm like, okay, what else can we do? And that is when every single time I have to be bold and beautiful. So, and in my opinion, at times too brave because by the age of 18, I have changed intercontinental and between um, different, let's say provinces, my home, I think 32 times because I would fly and I would change and I would pick up and go and leave and find different places to to live, to experience life and to actually work. So having said that, for me to pick up and go somewhere, um, be in contact with other people, organize my mini world is something that takes me a very short period of time, which because I like people, because for me, things are not important. So I don't, I'm, I don't have this collector syndrome of I need to collect everything in order to actually have a home. My home is where my family is. And if that means that's in the airplane, then we're making the airplane a comfortable place for us to live. So I've changed houses. I moved um, across the world. I've traveled by myself um, to the extent of, for example, I was at a camp at, I think I was 17 at the time I was at a camp at 17 where I traveled across the world with children across the world as well, which I organized that whole trip for them. So I had people um, 15, 16, 17 under my wing that I transported them across the world. We went to a camp. And my family was supposed to pick me up from that camp. But I realized that during that two weeks of the camp, I was actually able to get to use my miles and more program to fly to visit my grandma in Australia. But we didn't have, you know, cell phones at the time. So my family was coming and driving to pick me up. And I just left them a note. Sorry, I had a flight to Australia. I'll see you in three months. And I left that note and I was out flying somewhere else. So 
Would, would you say that was bold? Yes. Was that a little bit beautiful? It was because it gave me the possibility to experience life the way that I could because I had the possibilities and because I wanted to. So I was not a homebody who was sitting and doing nothing. There are times that I had to start over. So for all of you that had actually read my part of the book, um, the power of why that had become an international bestseller. They have these people have known that I started from scratch many times in my life because it was either my choice or because I was put in a situation where that was the choice that I had to make. And I just had to brush my shoulders off and said, all right, let's go. We can do it because I'm a kind of person that doesn't like to dwell on problems. Whenever there is a problem, I sit down and think, OK, is this in my control? Yes and no. If it's not, then I'm like, okay, there's nothing I can do about it. There's no reason to stress. If it is in my control, what can I actually do to make it better? And that is why when people said, how's the pandemic situation for you? I'm like, fantastic. Like, I love it. Why? Because it took me like two days to figure out what I have control over, what I don't have control over, what kind of changes I need to implement in my life in order to do the best that I can in the given situation and just kind of rebuild whatever I had to do in order to make it a beautiful place. So many, many times in my life where I had to start from the beginning and I had to make bold moves. And that is what actually makes me a strong person. That's awesome that you, you're so clear on that. And it, it, we can feel your energy. I can feel your energy from here. You're definitely a woman in a mission with decisions. Yeah. And um, I, have, I can share something that while I was listening to you, that's something that I've learned uh, in my time at the university. I study architecture. And this has helped me to face any adversity in my life in a way similar to what you explained to us here, which is the saying goes like this, obstacles are only opportunities to bring creative solutions. So it's exactly the same when there is a challenge. My first question is to ask, how can I overcome this yeah. challenge? However, we know that we don't live alone in this world and we depend on other people. And sometimes people can really try to build some blocks in front of our path. Yeah. And I would like to ask you any experience in your life, because I have to make like a side note here, because we are talking about being brave, bold and brilliant. And since the beginning, you say brave, bold and beautiful. Yes, you are beautiful. <laughs> but um Anything that, because then I come to the beautiful part, because you are a very good look uh, young woman. Oh, thank you. Yes. And of course, this is impressions, first impressions, it, it, when you show up before people understanding what you do, before they, they see your energy and feel your energy, they have an impression. So did you have any experience in your life where your impression, your, your way, the, the way you look could be detriment to, to what you want to say. It's actually funny to you say that because this is one of the most important reasons why I had to be brave and bold. Because I am a blonde petite girl with big blue eyes and, you know, a big smile on my face, which also... There are people who say that you look like a perfect Disney princess when you're all dolled up or you look like Aurora or you look like um, Alice in Wonderland or you look like, um, I don't know, 
a Barbie doll, whatever reference people find, they will kind of think that this is who I am because of the outer shell that I have. When I say beautiful, I mean beautiful because I enjoy life. Um, That for me is beautiful. My grandma who passed, who had dark hair, she was very small and she had a million and two wrinkles. For me, she was beautiful, but not in the outer shell, but the inside was beautiful. So I do hope that when people say, Uh, you are beautiful. They don't only look at my waist long blonde hair, but they also think about the aura of positivity that I bring around uh, them and myself. Because if I were to frown and be mean, then although I do have beautiful blue eyes, then they would mean nothing. They would be filled with negativity as opposed to positivity. And I do feel that, to be honest, every single day, I almost have to prove myself on my area of business because number one, I work with top corporations internationally, which means that big, big corporations, big uh, clients come to me and ask or come to the company that I cooperate with as well. And they ask for an expert in a field. And if it's an expert in the beauty field and customer experience, then they're okay with me being pretty. But when it comes to, for example, contract negotiation and conflict management, they're like, "Uh, a Barbie doll is going to do that. So depending, it's not my skills that they're judging. It's the outer shell that they're judging. And in order for them to actually um, value the skill, that is when I have to not even shed and not even pretend that I'm someone else because I do kind of, I'm okay with even wearing a pink top if I have to, because it's not the outer shell. Of course, appropriate to the situation, I won't go in a latex suit to a business meeting, but if I do have, let's say a white shirt and a gray suit, then for some they're like, oh, okay, she's made up, but it's appropriate to the situation. Having said that, very often because of the way I look and because of the way I present myself, I have to work twice as hard in order to show I've got skills. And even though I may look younger than I really am, even though I may look a certain way, that doesn't mean there isn't anything in my head. I love the song, Uh, I'm a lady by Megan uh, Trainer because one of the phrases in that song, it says, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty cute, but I'm also pretty smart. And that is exactly what I resonate with. Yeah, it's okay to be beautiful on the outside or pretty or taken care of, whatever word you want to use, but you got to be pretty smart, street smarts, book smarts, business smart, whatever kind of smart you want to be, make sure that um, you actually mindfully take care of your area of expertise, whatever it may be, baking a cake, you know, running a flower shop, um, being a housewife or being the top CEO of a company, whatever your area of expertise may be, make sure that you are good at it because if you are, then the outer shell won't count as much, but the inside and the energy that you have and the knowledge that you have will be the at the forefront of other people's judgment because people judge. Absolutely. I, I, I was expecting to hear something that line. And this is why I was teasing you with this question because it's important. We know as women that our appearance counts in a way that sometimes is even like having a 
beautiful appearance, it doesn't favor. It just makes our work harder. And I'm glad that you said that. But also it's great the way you take it. Because one thing that I always talk to my, my ladies, I say my ladies, my community is we cannot change things just like this. We have first to learn the rules of the game. Yes. In every environment we step on, we have to understand the dynamics. We have to understand what do I need to do to be accepted in this environment. Once you are accepted, then you start seeding for your changes. So, and I understand, and you said, you feel that you have to prove yourself many, many times. And it's exhausting. Yes. But however, that is the reality, is the reality of women, uh, professional women in business, especially the more specialized they get, and especially if they're young, more they have to prove themselves. But the good thing is I love your attitude because that's the way to go. By being upset, by being frustrated, by being feeling miserable, it will not help. It's just by doing it with your grace and grit and your beautiful uh, smile, you go paving your path and also becoming a, a role model for many that it, they are watching you. Oh, thank you so very much. I do believe that we have an obligation to ourselves to be so much more than sometimes the society views us because of our, our outer shell. So what I mean by that is to some, if you kind of ask the neighbor on the right, he'll say, yeah, she's just a crazy mom of three jumping on the trampoline with her kids because that is who I am from the outer perspective. To others, I don't know how she does it. She's running two businesses online and offline. She tells me that she has three kids, but I can't envision her having three kids, looking at all of the things that she knows, the universities that she finished, you know, the courses that she runs. I only see her as this knowledgeable expert. And there are others where I, for example, traveled to, um, to Australia or to Dubai or to Abu Dhabi, where I actually helped the um, owners of hu huge beauty salons run their teams and manage the, the teams and the communication and um, the customer experience. And I said, okay, we have to work like this, like that. And they couldn't understand how is it possible that I do so many other things like working with my parents I, by working with my parents. I mean, I, I am also a parenting coach and a couples counselor, because if you take everything that I do and put under my one umbrella, that is human to human connection, which is I'm a relationship expert. And it doesn't matter which area or which field it's in, either uh, parent child you know, couples, if it's within customer and the, the service provider or within corporations, we are not just one thing. I can be a mom here and I can be a businesswoman here, but that doesn't mean I'm either or. I'm both at the same time, uh, but I am going to put a spotlight on a certain role for a certain period of time. So speaking to you, I'm this quote unquote expert, but five minutes after this conversation, I'm going to have to cook dinner for my kids. So I'm going to be a mom, just a mom that likes to bake cakes and for example, make fancy dinners. So we can be everything we want to be. Whoever is listening to this, you have to understand you as a woman, you're amazing and you have 
you are going to have many obstacles. You can choose to actually dwell on that wall in front of you, or you can take a step to the left or to the right and realize that there's a door to a great opportunity if you just turn the knob. So it is your choice what kind of mindset you have, but you can do wonders if you put your mind to it and don't let others, um, because of their judgments or their opinions of you, bring you down. There's a saying that I heard recently from Les Brown, which was something like this. Don't let uh, the other's opinion of you become your reality. Yes. And that's super powerful. But you said, uh, and I understand that some women, we are women, we know some women will, will be listening to you and they will be saying, oh, that is just because she has this and this and that. That's just because she can't whatever. Yeah. And of course, each person has a different reality and different strengths. But one thing that I see and I say to, to my community and I hear from you in between the lines of what you say is that you, we are resourceful. We have, to, we, we have to understand where our resources are, our inner resources, our outer resources, and then these gaps where we need support to look for the ones who can give us the support we need. And also that we are many, many characters. We play many roles, as you said, but each role has a specific time. It's not about multitasking. And I am completely, I don't buy this multitasking. I think who created this idea of multitasking just really wants to make us crazy because you can only multitask with things that you do automatically that they are not really important, but the important things in your life, you do need to give them the time, dedicate them the time. Like, as you said, you're dedicating time to me here right now. Once we finish, you will be fully there for your children. So that is I something agree. that it needs to be learned. Yeah, it does. And it's actually something that we need to unlearn because a few years back, the, you know, the fashion for multitasking was amazing. And you would actually see pictures on the internet and in magazines where a woman was holding a phone to her ear, then she was stirring soup with one hand, and then she had children playing blocks at her feet. I'm sorry, this is not my idea of a Wonder Woman or a Superwoman. No, that is actually someone in my eyes, of course, that is failing at all three jobs. Because quite often, if you don't spend quality time with your children, they're not going to build a genuine connection with you. It doesn't have to be 10 hours of day sitting on the floor and building blocks, but half an hour minimum of actually having the time to spend with your kids to color, to draw, to paint, to play in mud. Kids will love it. My kids, I always say dirty child, happy child. And trust me, I spend thousands on laundry detergent because my children go out and play in the mud. And I prefer to spend thousands on laundry detergent a year as opposed to thousand on toys that they don't need or grow out of because they can actually play with a lot of things in nature. And then, you know, if you are that superwoman that was um, pictured or portrayed in the media a few years back, your soup will be salty. And then that conversation you're having with your client won't be as respectful because 
because you are waiting for that client to hang up because your soup is burning and your child is tagging at your skirt. These are the things you don't want because it actually brings a level of anxiety and stress and a level of I can't do it. Like everyone wants something from me. Why? If you can just say, all right, now it's time to work. Now it's time for my kids. Now it's time to cook. Now it's time for my husband. And now it's me time, time for me. And sometimes you can actually interlock those things. So for example, I don't have time to go to the salon, but I love to have my nails done. So when my kids have a bath, I do my own nails and that is completely fine. And they do look like salon quality, because that is important for me. I like to be put together, but I just don't have time to go and spend three hours having my nails done. And very often people looking at me, there's one sentence that you said, and it's, it made me smile because this is a running joke in my family. My husband and I look at each other and sometimes we're just exhausted. We're ch- tired after that whole day of work. And he's like, yeah, we've got it easy, don't we? Because everyone looking at us says, oh, you have it easy. So for my husband, they say, you have it easy because your wife is, you know, managing the kids and managing their education and managing their play dates and everything. And when they look at me, they're like, oh, you have it easy. You have such a good husband that takes care of your kids. And then that's why you can work and then you can work, but don't have to worry about finances because he works as well. Oh, you have it easy because you're so thin. It must be genetic. You have it easy because... And then the list goes on and on. The reason why people think and say that is because they don't see the effort that the other person puts into their business, their kids, their physique, their health. If I have to watch, for example, my diet for just a week, it is so extremely hard. But if someone else is watching their diet for six months, it's not hard for me. So they have it easy from my perspective. And this is how people sometimes treat other people's success. Oh, they had it easy because it's so hard for me. If you want to be in that state of mind, go ahead. My advice to, the, to all of the people that I coach is, do you want to stay in that state of mind? And if so, then don't work with me. Because you're not going to get anywhere. If you want to switch up that state of mind and see where your possibilities are, where your talents are, where your areas to grow are even, then come work with me. Come work with you because I believe we work in the same field. And that just shows you are if you're willing to put in the work, you will be willing to see the effect, the effects of your work. Exactly. And it, it, there's no such thing as one size fits all. No. And we know that. So this is about defining our priorities. I always ask in my trainings, and it's very interesting. I ask, what do you want? And it's always a difficult question. Interestingly enough, many, and many people answer back saying, oh, I don't really know, but I do know what I don't want. Okay, if you're focusing on what you don't want, what do you get? What you don't want. But it's a, it's a good starting point, knowing what you don't want. But you always have to ask the second question. So if I don't want this, what exactly do I want to erase this? And this is a a process uh, that we have to implement in our lives consciously because 
life presents things and uh, situations, people, and we have to decide if we want to welcome those things, people, situations in our lives or not. And if we are not, we don't want to, what is the alternative, especially in the work environment? If I don't want to take this, if I don't want to have this relationship with my boss or with my colleague, what kind of relationship I want to? And But in most cases, it falls into what you said when people say, oh, you have very easy, oh, it's you, because it's everything to be changed needs to be taken care of and needs an action. And it's much easier to say that, the solution or the problem for the problem is out there, is not here and is always with us. And, so it, and it really, sorry, it really doesn't matter which area of life actually you're thinking of. If, for example, I want to go on holiday, my phrase, uh, I don't want to go to Australia is not going to get me to my dream location. I don't want to go to Australia, which means that's the destination where I'm not going but that still doesn't move me from my home. It doesn't move me from where I am right now to where I want to be. It just tells me that's not the place I want to go. If you're, for example, in a relationship and you say, I don't want to be treated that way, whatever that way means, then how? If you tell your children, don't jump on the sofa, then what are we supposed to do? Okay, so th those phrases can be used across all of the platforms in your life. I don't want to add salt to my soup. Okay, are you going to add any other spices? Like you, you have to understand what you don't want is just the first step in actually understanding what it is that you want in the treatment, in the behavior, in your travels, in your dream life, whatever that may be. My dream life may be, for example, sitting at home and baking cakes And that is fine because I love it. I love it. And sometimes my kids go to sleep and they're like, mommy, will we have muffins in the morning? And I smile and I say, of course. And sometimes at midnight after I'm done my work, I start baking muffins and they wake up to the house that smells uh, of muffins because this is what I want for them. They don't say, mama, I don't want to eat bacon for breakfast. No, they tell you what they want. And that is why we as adults should very often learn from children. Children are very good human readers. Children are very good at understanding where the loopholes are. And children are very good at understanding what their wants are and not concentrate on what we, they don't want. So if we as adults actually take that mindset a little bit and say, huh, maybe I'll find that child in me and think about the things that I want. What do I want to achieve at the office today? What do I want to achieve in my business today? What do I want to achieve with my body today? Is eating that bag of chips going to take me to whatever I want to do, my health or cardiovascular um, cleansing and, and so on and so forth. So whatever your area of life is, you do have to understand that the big word of prioritizing doesn't have to be complicated, but actually swapping, I don't want to, what do I want is going to get you, you know, to a first place, to the first step of going to the direction of your dream, want, reality, goal, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely, Malva. And that's exactly this. Where every time you say, I don't want this, ask yourself, but what do I want instead? Because it has to be 
a balance there, not focusing only they don't, I don't want this. You said another thing that is, uh, I want to bring back to the conversation where you said the spending time, quality time to your activities, whatever the activities you decide to do in, in a moment in time when you're talking about multitasking. And I've, this is, is so important because we cannot give our best if we spread us all over the place. And unfortunately, many women have this as a pattern of behavior. And to my perception, they are just chaotic. And they're not really leading and uh, having the opportunity to enjoy in first place what they are doing and also to give their best in, in the situations. There one, there's one saying from, um, was a video I watched from Ariana uh, Huffington, where she said something like that, women, if you believe you, you can get everything. Yes, you can, but not everything at the same time. And it's about planning. It's about prioritizing. And we have an extra challenge, as we talked in the beginning of this conversation, that we, have, we face some extra challenges in the professional environment that we have to fight more for certain things. And the more focused we are in each step that we want to take, faster we will get there. But if we keep spreading ourselves around because we believe everybody needs us, that is the biggest illusion as well, no? That you are irreplaceable. And that only goes against everything you can achieve. What do you feel about that? Oh, I agree. Like, this is... Um, the conversation that we've been having, and it's not the first time whenever you say something, I'll say, I agree. And then I say something and you're like, you're right. You took the words out of my mouth. So, you know, having the possibility to actually talk to people like you uh, who are on the same level of understanding what we as people can do and as women can do in order to grow is amazing because again, I'm going to stress this one more time. Both Tulia and I work in similar fields. We do not work in the same company. We do not work for the same company. We do not have the same company. And yet we work with the same customer and client and we are collaborating instead of competing. So if women could actually understand that if you collaborate, if you join forces, if you support one another, you will be able to expect more from each other and you will have the possibility to actually achieve more because it is so much better to have someone who has your back as opposed to have someone who actually is going to dig a hole on your path. So again, we have to understand as women that there is no need for us to put this high expectation neither on ourselves nor on other people. So very often one of the worst critic of a woman is another woman. And sometimes that other woman is the one staring right back at you in the mirror. So you have to understand you you as a woman are doing fine. If you had a baby, you're a wonder woman in itself, okay? Because you are the only creature that can actually give birth, right? Men can't do that. So 
where we can do that. If we choose to do that, we can do that. If you choose to breastfeed, that's amazing. If you choose not to, that's great. If you choose to go back to work after the baby is whatever, two, three months old, all right, that's your prerogative. You go for it. If you choose to stay at home until the child goes to uh, preschool and at the age of, I don't know, two, three, four, that's fine. You do it. You do you. And if you're happy and you're able to actually devote the time to the thing that you chose and give it love and nurture, that is exactly where your happiness and your success is going to come from. Your success should not be equivalent to a rock on your finger or the bank account number or the amount of arts and crafts on the wall that you do with your children. No, your success should actually be the happy memories that you're making while working, while overcoming the obstacles and while having fun with your kids, your husband, your wife, your partner, whatever the people around you uh, are called. My advice and best advice to every woman is support other women, support other men, support other relationships. And if your friends are having a hard time, tell them I'm here if you need me, because then if you are having a hard time, they'll say I'm here if you need me too. And then you can achieve so much more because you know you have a system that backs you up and a system that supports you when you're low on energy. And just like everyone in the world and cars included, we sometimes need that extra tank of gas to go that extra mile. For some, maybe having the support of others is going to be that extra tank of gas. What you said that there is music for my ears. And in terms of women, we need to support other women. Recently, I was talking to a lady and she said, I asked her, what would be one of the was something that it would like that it would happen in your life that uh, for this year or for the upcoming year that you you that would change make a big change professionally and she said I would love to have more role models around me but not I don't need opera Sheryl Sandberg or Ariana Huffington. I need someone from my department, someone from the department beside me, someone who is close to me, where I can look up to and I can also go for advice. And we can be these women to many other women. Instead of trying to compete or not being supportive because you had a hard life, because you had a hard life, don't make the life of the other one coming after you harder. Help that person not going through the same pitfalls that you did. She would have her own, but help to open some doors to other people. And it's coming from a place of abundance. Another lady I talked to this week, she said something for me that was beautiful because she said, I am doing coaching. I'm, I'm, I work in a company, but I realized that I'm good coaching people. However, I want to coach from a place of um, abundance. I want to have abundant leadership, not from a pay, place of scarcity. And I asked her, what do you mean with that? She said, I want to welcome everyone in the team who has talent, even when that talent is more than I have, because I want them to bring value to bring to the team. I want to see this as from a place of abundance, not from a place of a scarcity where I feel that the other person could be a threat. 
And I found that beautiful uh, leadership by abundance. And yeah. I loved that. I never heard about this concept. I, I love that very much. So when I was a little girl and sometimes, just sometimes, you know, when you're growing up, um, you feel very full of yourself because I achieved something. I did something. I'm the best in my class. And my parents would always say, would you like to be the small fish in a big pond or the big fish in the little pond? And I never understood what what that meant until I actually grew up. And that evolved into exactly what you said. Although I am the same size fish, I prefer to be in a big pond, which gives me possibilities. And I'm just this small. But I see the other great whales and the sharks and I actually have a dream to learn from them, not be like them, but learn from them as opposed to being that same size fish, but in a little fish tank all alone. But I'm so amazing. I'm the I'm the king of the jungle because I'm the only one here. Well, then that's pretty sad. If you and your environment or in your team are the person that knows everything, everyone always turns to you. It's great for them, but so sad for you. Where is your area of development? Where is your area of improvement? Where is your area of, you know, striving to be better? If you haven't found that yet, that means you need to sit down. You need to take a sheet of paper and you need to figure out what can I change in order to improve? Because I don't believe even the smartest person in the world. I don't believe that person doesn't have an area of improvement. If you're going to talk to the smartest person in the world, they may not be relationship savvy. If you talk to the smartest engineer in the world, they may not be bake a cake savvy. Okay, so you you have to find an area where you want to improve on, which will give you joy of learning, of being better, and of having the possibility to think I'm kind of greedy and not jealous, but I want to learn what she knows. I want to learn what he knows, not because he or she is a competition, but because they are going to help me improve and me with my own talents. I'm not going to keep them for myself, but I'm going to share them and help them improve as well, because then both you and that person will have joy in working together because you're either complement each other or supplement each other instead of being greedy in the sense of I'm keeping all of this to myself and I don't want you here because you're a threat. If this is the area that you are in right now, maybe it's time to change your mindset and think about it a little bit differently. Translating that for business came to my mind a story. No, no, not a story. I was there in this event when I was living in in Zurich. It was a, a startup event and women. And there was this lady who, uh, we were asking questions to a panel on how to uh, develop our business, how to, to solve certain problems, etc. And this lady came and she said, well, you know, I have been developing my idea for three years and I still don't know how to get started and, and having challenges. And they asked her back, oh, what have you been doing? Why, why, who is working with you? To who you have been uh, collaborating? Where are you getting your resources? And she said, no, no, I've been doing all my own at home. And, and they say, why? And she said, well, because I'm afraid of people will copy my idea. And that was so sad. 
because this feeling of like, I have this idea and someone is going to take from me. And I, I always say, if someone takes your idea and work on your idea and excel in your idea more than you do, one thing is for sure, that person was already ahead of you. Your idea was just something extra that clicked and the person developed. But you still have to do your own development. And even if someone takes your idea and develops something for something else, it's never going to be your way. You still have to do to develop your idea. And what you said there, Malva, this mindset of... Um, really embracing others and seeing that people are complement or supplement uh, on whatever we do is a, a great mindset to have for the simple reason that you won't feel intimidated by anybody. Because when you know that nobody knows everything, you say, okay, I don't know what you know, but I do know what I know. But that's what I say. You have to know what you know. <laughs> and for my ladies, when they speaking this and I say, do not talk about something that you don't know. Do not talk about something that you don't master, that you don't have knowledge. Because you see, sometimes there are certain topics become trends. And even, you know, I, I, I talk about like neuroscience, for example, because it became accessible to everybody, we discovered now many things about the brain, which we like 20 years ago, nobody would talk about these things. But I'm not an expert on that. So I'm very careful when I, I'm going to give an example on that area, because I don't want to pretend or to try to come across that I am talking about something that I know when I don't really know. And these are the things that are important for us. So back to what knowing, um, it's very empowering and relaxing when you get into the point of your life where you're able to say, I don't know, tell me more. It's very true. And there is a stigma um, that once you're an expert in one field, you should be ashamed of actually asking questions in a different field Sorry, can you explain that to me? Because I don't know. You don't know? Yeah, I don't know. And that is okay. That is so okay that you don't know. I always like comparing this to actually the possibility to drive a car. I know where to put the gas. I know where to add the oil. I know where to add the windscreen fluid in order to clean the, the, the windscreen shields or whatever it's called. And I know how to drive standard and automatic. And that is all I need to know. The car needs to drive. I don't need to build the car. I don't need to, you know, design the car. I don't need to manage the car. I don't need to calculate, you know, how fast and what is the friction and all that engineer stuff. I don't need all of that. My car needs to drive and it needs to drive well. And that is good enough for me to get me from place A to B on time safely. And that is exactly what we need to understand 
if we need elements of neuroscience to understand what is happening in, let's say, the child's developing brain when the parents scream at the child, then that is the area of the knowledge that I will use to explain things to the parent. But when they ask me, can you tell me more about, you know, the neurons and, you know, the transmitters and all, I'm like, no, I'm not a neuroscientist. I do not know the specifics. It if you want to know the specifics, we can look it up, but I don't need to know how to read a brain scan and an MRI in order to tell you the benefits of not behaving in such a way because of your child's brain development and so on and so forth. So we have to understand, use the knowledge just like you use a car, know how to access it and maintain it and make sure that your knowledge is fresh and up to date. But that doesn't mean you need to specialize in every single thing. And it's okay for you to say, I don't know how the engine works. It just has to work for me. And I need to press the gas and the clutch and the, um, the brakes if I want it to move forward. And that is exactly just fine. In business terms, it means if you know how to, for example, uh, manage a project, that doesn't mean you need to know how to manage the and keep the books, right? So the financial books. Although both run in the same company, you don't need to be an expert in everything, which means it's okay for you to actually go to another expert and say, you know what, Mary, I think that you're awesome in accounting. Can you help me? How, how should I understand these numbers? Because I just don't know. Or John, you know what? How can I understand computer programming? Because I don't know. So whatever the situation is, going to someone and acknowledging that you don't know is not really something that you should be ashamed of, you should be scared of, you should be shy of. You just don't know. And you know how you will know? The only way you will know is if you ask. Either by looking it up in the library and books, by maintaining a verbal connection with another person, by Googling it, or by going to university and studying it. So comp compiling all those other areas together. It's your choice. Which do you think is the fastest way to actually get information that you need and not necessarily dive deep into the, speci the speciality of the topic in order for you to say, now I'm an expert, I know. <laughs> exactly. I love the analogy of the car, actually, because it makes full sense. You don't need to know everything on the, on the car. You need to know certain parts, but there is always one thing also, one thing that you need to know well, which is driving. So this is also about knowing exactly what is the priority. The priority is not knowing where to put the gas or where to put the liquid to clean, clean the screen. Is driving. So that is your role in that context. So that's awesome. Malva, we can keep talking here forever as the conversation is great. But now I have a, a, my final questions to you. Is share with us something where you can probably say, wow, I was awesome. I was brilliant in this situation in my life. Wow. Um, I don't know. It depends on the area of, of life. Be you choose. You choose. <laughs> you know what? Um, I can say that depending on the area of life, I can find brilliant moments every day. And so, for example, I was a brilliant mom a few 
this Sunday. So I was running a online course. So I have an online training where I help, I run a whole academy for people who want to be online uh, business trainers and content creators. And I take them from the very basics to actually setting up and, and, and running their own online course with assertive and, and with, um, sorry, with, uh, synchronous and asynchronous uh, areas and elements. And I had a 15 minute break uh, between one session and the next session. I said, all right, guys, I'll see you in 15 minutes and we'll continue the assessment forms. And I put my computer on mute and I went outside uh, of my office and I saw my children who were um, who were a little bit squabbling because of a bat, uh, a, a cutout paper bat that wasn't a big deal, but for them, it was the biggest deal. So I ran back into my office. I took the crafting papers and then I cut out different bats and I'm like, here you go. You've got six colorful bats. How are we going to decorate them? Here are some stickers. Here are some scissors. Mama's going to go back into the office to have another uh, session with these people. You guys go play. Daddy's going to put the bats on the fridge when you guys are done. And instead of actually going to eat breakfast because it was uh, one in the afternoon and I haven't had the possibility to eat breakfast because I was kind of dealing with my kids in the morning before I, I was running the session. And when I had that 15 minutes, I wanted to actually eat and drink something, but I realized my kids were more important and the possibility for them to do something fun with me for that 15 minutes. And we did lots of crafts in that 15 minutes. And I'm like, all right, you guys finish up. I'll be back in an hour. And I jumped back on my um, on my online training sessions, we continued with the session, everyone was happy. And then I closed the computer, went back to my kids. And we saw that those bats were amazing because while I was leaving, I said, you know what? I gave you two sheets of stickers. One are uh, fruit and the other one are uh, insects. Remember that bats love fruit and insects. So make sure you create a plate for them to eat because we have to take care of the bats. And my kids were so happy to actually be able to cut out the bats, to paste eyes and noses and, and fangs, and then create the, their plate of food. And they colored everything. And that was my brilliant moment of success because in my opinion, I felt fulfilled as a person who could devote a lot of time in creating this academy that is amazing and the reviews of the academy are mind-blowing for me. I was an amazing mom at the same time when I did have a break and my kids, instead of squabbling, they have memories to this day. So a few days later, every day they remind me, mommy, do you remember that bat? So instead of having a situation of reprimanding them because they were squabbling or screaming at them because they're squabbling and mama has a meeting or leave me alone, I need to eat quite moment. I actually turned that around into a memorable experience for my, my kids. And you know what the best thing is? I even managed to sneak a kiss to my husband and say, all right, baby, I got to run. And it actually made me feel brilliant because I can be whatever I want to be, but not at the same time. And I can still excel at all those areas if I put my mind to it. That's such a powerful message. And I can feel how how this made an impact on you, how happy you felt by achieving that. Well done, lady, well done. And keep it up. It was awesome having you here. And for sure, many people listening to this will, they have food for thought here and they can reach out to you or to me. I will put out your details. So let's keep growing together and in our in our path, in our journey, without being afraid of being brave, bold, and brilliant. 
I love it. Thank you so very much, Tulia, for having me. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. I enjoyed this interview. And just like Tulia said, I have a feeling that we could go on and on and on. And the best thing is that we're complimenting and supplementing each other, knowing that we're giving you guys value. That's all for today. I hope you got inspired to raise your game and be brave, bold, and brilliant. Make sure you listen to my other podcasts. Stories are great sources of inspiration and transformation. Subscribe. Remember, there is someone somewhere who needs to hear exactly what I shared with you here today. Be generous and spread the word. Give your feedback and help grow this awesome community. Until then, be brave, bold, and brilliant, and speak up unapologetically.